Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. Look, Mr. Burns, I don't know what you think sideburns are, but... Don't argue with me! Just get rid of them! <gasps> Mattingly! I thought I told you to trim those sideburns! Go home! You're off the team! For good! Fine. Still like him better than Steinbrenner. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due! Here we are, here we go, down the highway, down the road. He's spinning the ball on his finger! Just take it! Take the ball! Hi there, it is 5.41 p.m. on Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. This is Mattingly Sideburns, the Trevor's Pad the Podcast sports podcast, of which I have not done an episode in, uh, I think, three weeks now? I don't know. Should I acknowledge that right off the top? And I'm recording this on a Wednesday. So, you know, this comes up on comes out on Thursday, the second comes out, comes up, uh... Yeah, I mean, it, like, do I talk about the last week of the NFL or when the next week is about to start tomorrow night, week nine? I don't know. I don't, I, uh, <clears throat> so there's no real explanation as to why I haven't been keeping up with the podcast. I haven't had guests in a while either, other than, uh, I guess what you'd call uh, garden variety bouts of depression. I don't know. Uh, but I'm back, baby. The great thing about being bipolar is, uh, when you're down, you're down. When you're up, you're up. I'm not actually bipolar. Well, I don't know. Maybe I've never been diagnosed as such. I don't. Th- I, I don't think I have that. I think what I have is uh, dysthmia. Look it up. Uh, yeah. What other sports podcast do you get self diagnoses of mental illnesses than this one? Welcome to Trevor's Pad. The podcast, Mattingly Sideburns, a sports, yeah, the podcast, podcast with the longest title in the history of, if you find a sports podcast with a longer title, uh, well, there's, there's lots to talk about in the world of sports, and I'm not going to cover everything since the last episode I did, because I mean, that's a whole three weeks, just in the last few days, um, the big news in hockey today, and I guess it's a good thing I held off, I was going to record one of these yesterday, but uh, fresh new meat in the hockey universe involving uh, the Ottawa Senators, a team close to the heart of people I know. Uh, just, you know, I uh, my personal history here with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I remember uh, being of my age. Uh, when I was in grade 9 or grade 10, I get grade nine, I guess it was. I had a t-shirt. I bought a t-shirt that said, bring back the senators. And I got laughed at. Uh, these people would bring back the senators. Yeah, okay, whatever. Because I, I thought, hey, that'd be cool if Ottawa had a hockey team. I mean, I was a Montreal fan. I still am. Um, but the idea of Ottawa having a team seemed pretty cool to me, seeing that Ottawa is close to where I grew up. 
Uh, I mean, it really is where I grew up. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, being a uh, a hockey fan, just you know, the the fact that I, I wanted Ottawa to have a team is not. It's not like I was going to cheer for them or anything, right? But I did. When they came in the league, it was like, oh, this is nice. You know, their very first game ever, nineteen ninety two, ninety three, was against Montreal, and they beat Montreal, and then they lost like forty five games in a row. But uh, I can remember the entire history of the Ottawa Senators, and because I'm from there and I've lived there up until a year ago, uh, like I don't really give a shit about the Senators. Okay, like cards on the table uh but you know if if you're a fan of them uh you can't help but feel like you maybe got a little bit railroaded today of course i'm talking about the big news in the nhl today is the well what led to the uh, dismissal firing res- resignation whatever you want of pierre dorian uh the general manager uh, former general manager of the ottawa senators who uh, lost his job today uh, because of a thing that happened like two years ago in a trade involving Davidov. Uh, Dadanov, Dadan- I always get his name mixed up with... There was a guy, Davidov. Okay, This was Dadanov, who played... He had like a cup of coffee with Montreal last year, the, the player in question, and he was fucking useless. But anyway, uh, so yeah, of course, if you're not... What happened, the story is... Uh, Basically, the Sens misrepresented this guy's no-trade list, and then Vegas tried to trade him to Anaheim, and Anaheim was like, no. Um, uh, well, it, it wasn't Anaheim, but the league, you know, like the the agent of Dadnov was like, hey, Anaheim's on his no-trade list. So really, I guess if Dadnov had just waived that and got along with the trade and gone to Anaheim, uh, none of this would have happened, I suppose. Uh, I don't, like, why would you not want to go? I don't know. I mean, it's not like Anaheim is... Uh, a great team or anything, but I don't understand why Anaheim would be. I mean, yeah, I don't like no trade lists are. I don't know. I look, I'm all for players' rights, but sometimes I like the guys who some guys who get no trade clauses. I'm like, well, for example, this guy, he's a fucking bum. Like, why is this guy? I know he had like one or two good years where like one year in Florida or whatever, where he scored like 30 for whatever goal. So he's been dining out on that ever since. Because, like I said, he was. Having watched him play last year for Montreal before they traded him to Dallas, uh, I think at the deadline. But man, that guy was a fucking waste of tape. Um, and he's like, why are guys like this getting no trade clauses in the first place? Like, no trade clauses used to just be given to like stars, good players, superstars, stars, value, like, not third line bump well this guy i don't know what you call this i mean because he's a skilled player who's supposedly a goal scorer but doesn't score guys like him are useless because they can't score and it's not like i mean i don't know well he's not gonna you know you're not gonna put him on the kill the penalty killing unit but anyway this is the guy at the center of the this is the guy who ultimately his refusal to go to anaheim you know dominoes fall uh butterfly effect next thing you know now, why it took this long for the investigation to take place, the owner of the new owner of the Sens today, uh, Ann Lauer, I watched the press conference. And uh, look, I'm impartial here, okay? Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a Habs fan. I don't have any animosity towards the Senators, really. Uh, there's not really much of a rivalry. See, that's a th- I feel like Sens fans, they have this, like, chip on their shoulder because Ottawa's a small market, 
they feel like they get no respect from anyone and they, they they have this persecution complex where they think you know everybody's out to get them the league's against them and i mean after today i i understand why you might be i mean the punishment of a, losing a first round pick to me does seem a little bit excessive why it took them two years i don't know uh but yeah going back to the new owner Anlauer, who uh had some uh didn't I, I like he he didn't mix his uh mince words that's right he was when they asked him about the Shane Pinto thing last week's Ottawa Senators related scandal um uh, more on that later uh he, like he made a point of saying well you know Wayne Gretzky is in gambling ads and not just Wayne Gretzky like active players okay the fact that Shane Pinto got 41 games I, I don't know. And I mean, like, he's guilty of, like, I guess he what I still, and maybe I haven't been paying enough attention. So he didn't bet on NHL games, but because he used his account, or somebody used his account, and the whatever happened, the sports book notified, like, snitched to the league about, and, and I don't know. I, I should probably know more about the specifics of the Shane Pinto thing before I go off half-cocked about it, but it's never stopped me before. Um the hypocrisy of a league that, you know, there's active players in gambling ads. I see them every fucking time I watch a game. Uh, there's an ad with Chris Pronger and Leon Dreisaitl and Mitch Marner, like uh, at a cottage in a pool and Pronger. It's, yeah. There's another ad with, I mean, McDavid's in gambling ads, you know? So then you turn around and say, hey, yeah, d- don't ever get, I don't know. Because I'm kind of, so like these guys are not allowed to gamble on anything, I'm not a gambler. I've already probably talked about gambling. You know, for a sports fan, I'm not a gambler. I, I don't care about gambling. I don't gamble. It's a habit I don't want to get into because I'm already broke. I don't need to make it worse owning, you know, Jimmy the Butcher uh, five grand because the fucking Rams didn't cover the spread last week. I'm not that level of degenerate, okay? But I understand... The action, right? And people who do like to do it. And if you're an NHL player and you want to bet on a football game, who fucking cares? It's not your sport. I don't, I, like, sorry. I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I'm missing something with the Pinto, right? But then, anyway, going back to the five minutes ago, Ann Lauer, the owner of the Sens, uh, did also point out at said press conference earlier, earlier today to announce the departure of uh, Mr. the erstwhile Mr. Dorian. Uh, how he he was unable to figure out why um it took this long because you know he's only been officially owner of the team for well, like a month now six weeks if like it was it wasn't until like end of September when he officially took over I think right and he gets Shane Pinto last week and uh, I mean that one you can't blame Dorian for that one I don't think I don't know uh and then <clears throat> you know th- this. This happens today. The Sens, who've already uh, squandered a lot of first-round picks, are doing it. Well, not in this case. They're yeah giving up a first-round pick. Uh, so I, I wonder what actually. And this is okay. Maybe I'm not thinking. Okay, when you give up your first, you lose a first-round pick. Does that just mean they're just not going to like? It's not like another team gets that pick, right? So so like if because apparently the ruling was, uh, it's a first-round pick either. This like next year's draft, 2024, 2025, 2026. So they have a choice. So 
After the lottery is completed and the Sens know where they'll be drafting, then they can decide. So let's say the Sens have a good year this year. Um, They're supposed to be. That's the thing that's a little bit irritating about the Sens, or Sens fans more specifically, is they really talk a big game for a team that hasn't done shit. And I'm not even talking about past era Senators when they were a really good team and they could never fucking get it done in the playoffs. I mean... Even the last couple of years, because Sen's Twitter last year was very uh, uneven. Like it just it would it would go from because like last summer everybody loved Pierre Pierre the summer of Pierre Pierre Doria. Oh my God, what a genius! He got the brink at. Oh, he, look at look at these trades. He, look, we got. Uh, well, that was Cam Talbot was I guess the year before, right? But you know, like everyone was that part of the summer. Of, I can't remember now. But then the team didn't play well, and everyone was mad, and they started to play well, and everyone was happy again, and every you know like very up and it was very up and down season, very erratic season. But every a lot of people were all oh, the Sens were going to make the playoffs last year, they didn't, and now this year is well they got to make the playoffs this year. This is a team you know, and uh, what are they four and four? I mean, look, we're only eight games into the year, right? I think for them or eight, but they're not. They haven't exactly set the world on fire coming out of the gate. They lost three in a row before they beat Pittsburgh in their last game. I think they're four and four. Okay. So um, the expectations are that, you know, at the start of the year, that they're going to make the playoffs. So anyway, the Sens have the choice of uh, using when they're going to forego this draft pick. So I guess it depends. So if they have like, let's say they have a good year and they wind up with a 26th pick, that's like, okay, well, if we have a 26th pick, We'll just give that up. So that means only 31 teams will be picking in the first round. So there just won't be 32 picks. So there'll be one less person drafted, I guess. Is that how that works? Or like another team doesn't get the pick as like, you know, it's not like Anaheim or, you know, all this over a bum, like a fucking bum, you know, like, man, how angry. If I were a Sens fan, the fact the Senators never won a Stanley Cup in that like 10 year window uh, like late 90s to like early or not early I would say like towards the end of the 2000s like I know they made the finals in 07 and that was a year that they were like that was a year they weren't really expected to do much and then they went on a great run and got annihilated in the finals by the aforementioned Anaheim Ducks Um, but yeah this is uh it's a bit of a mess it's a bit of a mess that the uh, the new general manager whoever that may be. And already on Twitter, I'm seeing uh, people clamoring for Patrick Waugh. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. My boyhood hero winds up becoming the general manager of the, of the Ottawa Senators. I don't know why. I, it's hard for me. Like, Sens fans love to hate on the Habs and the Leafs. But I feel like Leafs and Habs fans are kind of like, eh, just, you're just the annoying little brother, okay? Nobody really cares about you guys. Sorry, but... There's not any league-wide... It's like when people go, oh, Bettman doesn't want to... Con-. Look, Bettman sucks, okay? Whatever, I understand. I under- Nobody likes Bettman, but like... I don't think Gary Bettman really gives a shit about whether or not Canadian teams win the Stanley Cup, okay? It's not Gary Bettman's fault that a Canadian team hasn't won the Cup in 30 years. I don't know why people care so much about that, to be honest. Like, I just... I don't. It's silly. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, Pierre Dorian, now... Looking for work. Poor guy. I'm sure he'll be fine. He's connected. 
Well, because they were, I, I was listening because when this broke, I put on like the Ottawa sports station to listen to for a bit to hear how people, and of course there was like the tip, like hysterical overreaction. This one kind of clueless lady called in and was like, we should have a rally. We should have a rally for our senators because they're under siege. I was like, shut the fuck up. Um, I mean, look, the first round pick is like, I, I get why you're mad, but I, 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 I don't really know what that would accomplish. You should have a rally to, to find a new general manager. Maybe just randomly pick somebody out of the crowd. I mean, he can't do much of a worse. Sorry, I don't want to. Whoever the new general manager may be that they randomly pick from the crowd uh, could probably do a better job. In a lot of ways than Pierre Dorian did. They were talking on the sports radio about how like his in I guess I don't know, he's kind of a prick or just like he couldn't get along with anybody and like there was so much turnover. And I mean a lot of that was attributed to Melnick because like his Eugene Melnick was an asshole, okay? Like if, if, read the athletic article if you have the athletic. Um that was yeah. There was a lot of rumblings that Eugene Melnick was just a real prick. And then after he died, the the athletic did a story. Uh, that they had been working on before his untimely death because he kind of he died rather suddenly, right? Like he he I know he had health problems, but I don't think anybody expected him to die when he did. And uh, yeah, that athletic story was, uh, and apparently it was like it was it portrayed him in a pretty negative light. So people assume that a lot of the dysfunction in the organization was as a result of Melnick. But I mean, look, Ann Lauer, the new owner, probably this isn't an Ottawa Senators podcast, but like he probably wants his own person, right? As as general managers, so I mean, he had a pretty nice excuse. To, uh, I'm sure, like Dorian, because the story leaked, right? Like, of course, it was like like when these things happen, it's it, it always gets leaked. Like Darren Dreger or Frank Saravelli or uh, Renaud Lavoie on the French side, you know, these connected insider guys or Elliot Friedman, you know, like they always know before it's formally announced. So, like an hour, half an hour before the press conference. It was Twitter official that Dorian was gone. I mean, he had to like when the when the announcement came. I guess he had to know, right? Like the gig is up, the writing's on the wall. It's kind of amazing he's lasted as long as he did. But uh, yeah, because uh, like Pierre Maguire's rather abrupt departure, he left kind of right after Melnick died, and he didn't last very long. And I just assumed that was because he was kind of Melnick's stooge, and and Maguire realized well. Now that my guy is gone, my uh, my shepherd, if you will, uh, he could see the writing on the wall, and uh, he 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 got the fuck out of Dodge. I don't know, like maybe there were conflicts with him and Dorian. To uh, who who knows? Who cares? Honestly, I would rather have Pierre Maguire working as in management for a team I don't cheer for. I mean, I wouldn't want him. Work. The fact that people think Pierre Maguire is some like intelligent, I can't stand listening to fucking. Pierre Maguire, I yeah, I just go off on a tangent about Pierre Maguire. I because he does like he, now that he he lost like he's not working for Sens anymore. He's back doing like daily hits on on the Montreal sports station, and they all like I I never listen to him. I haven't I am I trying to not listen to sports radio as much anymore. I haven't listened to sports radio in in a few weeks really, like even the TSN station here, not very much anyway. But yeah. I, He's the Pierre Maguire is one of these guys who's just he reminds me of a kind of person who just like they really, really, really insecure. They're they're so desperate to demonstrate how much knowledge they possess 
that they're just constantly bombarding you with this, like, ugh, you know, like he's he's one of these guys who's always full of all this information that's like completely fucking irrelevant, you know, like like oh, like every time you you watch every when you you know a draft with like he used to work the draft and like. You know, oh, his grandmother was a shot putter in the Bulgarian Olympic team in 1948, and he knows the junior team of every fucking, you know, like, oh, look, it's good, yo, come on. I sound like Don Cherry there, but, you know, uh, tier two junior in Barry, and then his his mother had to, like, drive him to practice in a car that didn't have tires, and, he, you know, these, oh, nobody fucking cares, Pierre. Shut the f- oh. Shameless name dropper. Just, like, the guy cannot go a hit he cannot go a segment on tsn without mentioning the fact that he's close personal friends with scotty bowman i'm pretty sure it's the only reason he's had any kind of career in hockey at all he just goes around saying that he knows scotty bowman because like 30 years ago and granted this was 30 years ago but he was the coach of the hartford whalers when they were still in hartford i think it was the 93 94 season and uh you know people change forever but like he uh he lasted, well, he didn't even last a season. I think he lasted like 50 games as a coach. And then there was a mutiny, a team mutiny, basically. Ask Pat Verbeek what he thinks about Pierre Maguire. So uh, anything that gets him back into hockey management and not on the radio broadcasting so I don't have to fucking listen to him, I would really welcome that. Somebody please hire Pierre Maguire to just go fuck around. He's also one of these guys who just like, look, I know people like to bitch about animals, but like, he just goes out of his way to always like just taking stupid old man dinosaur shots at analytics. Oh, oh, oh geez, what's your, you know, every team uses analytics, you fucking cue ball. I, I just, I really don't like that guy. It's kind of almost irrational. I just find him so fake and just the most fucking irritating, ingratiating suck up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hire me, TSN, 690. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, that's not it's not going to happen. I, 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 not that I was expecting it to, but uh, yeah. Well, that man, I've spent 21 minutes talking about the Ottawa Senators and Pierre Maguire. I haven't even talked about the Habs yet, the team I actually care about. Uh, so nine games into the Habs Montreal Canadiens season, uh, I can say without reservation, they have definitely exceeded my expectations. Now, I haven't seen every minute of every game because I'm a very busy nightclub comic working in uh, in two different languages here. But uh, the games I have seen uh, and what I have been able to watch, uh, I don't know if they're playing over their heads. I don't, I don't think so. I just think that, you know, you're seeing the development because, you know, before the season, I know oh, these guys are going to suck. They're not going to make the playoffs. And I'm, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs really. But uh, their record right now is better than Ottawa and Toronto's. Now, who going into November, if you were to tell me after at the end of October that the Canadians, the Montreal Canadians would have the same points. Well, sorry, would have more points than the Leafs and the Sens. Again, it's like we're not even, you know, we're nine at we're like a nine one ninth into the season basically you know like we're 11 percent into the year so it's you can't really base too much but right now the Habs are five two and two the Leafs are five three and one so they actually have one point more 
than the juggernaut Toronto Maple Leafs, who got handled rather easily last night, 4-1 to one by the LA Kings, booed at the end of the second period. I, I, I love, I love when the Leafs get booed. Now, there's a team I fucking hate anyway. Uh, uh, the, look, the Leafs will be fine, okay? They'll put up their 100 and whatever points and then lose in the first round or maybe the second round again like they do every year. Uh, it's too soon to talk about anything like anticipation, but like w- with regards to my team. But uh, after nine games, I have to say, because like la- I did see the second half of the game on Monday night in Las Vegas. I got in from a show, and it, because the game was at 10, I was able to watch the second half of the of the second period and the third period, and especially the third period. It was the best I've and Montreal lost the game in a shootout. Okay, like I mean they they should have won the game, but just the fact I mean they're and they're playing now Vegas. You know they were having an off night. They were badly outplaying the Stanley Cup champions, like badly. Like shots on goal in the third period were like uh, seventeen to five, I think, for Montreal. Uh, they really, yeah, coulda, shoulda, woulda. They didn't win the game, but in terms of like the process, in terms of like seeing the players develop, in terms of seeing how Caden Goulet, for one, okay, who just came back from injury on Saturday, but like, man, for a guy who's just come back from injury, he, that guy's skating is just like, he's an elite skater now. Like, it's just, I mean, now, I guess he was before, right? But like, man, that guy's looking good, you know? And I don't want to get my hopes up too much because he's also a guy that, in his young career, has proven to be uh, a little bit injury-prone. But uh, considering they lost Kirby Dock for the entire season, the second game of the year, and uh, they lost uh, David Savard, I almost call him Denny Savard. Can you think of two more polar opposite players than David Savard and Denny Savard? Uh, David Savard broke his hand in... Uh, against Buffalo last Monday night. So he's out for, I think they said six to eight weeks. It's been, you know, so he's out for a while. So, you know, two pretty big losses in terms of, uh, I mean, you know, your depth on defense with Savard for sure. But they still, uh, they keep chugging along. Uh, I I am pleasantly surprised with the what I've seen so far. And now I'm starting to get hope and expectations because, you know, going into the season, I was like, wow. You know, I don't know. They're, I don't think they're, you know, but now that they're in, like, I mean, again, even talk about, oh, they're in a playoff spot. Like, we're not even 10 games into the year, okay? But my expectations are raising as they play, as their play uh, continues to, you know, I, like, they, they've, they haven't really had, I mean, I'm trying to think of, aside from the two Tuesday night games, uh, the 5-2 loss to Jersey, the 5-2 loss to Minnesota, both at home. Other than that, they haven't really, that I can think of, played uh, like a really true, like a stinker yet. You know? I mean, those are their only two regulation losses. They have two shootout losses, the one to Vegas on Monday in the first game of the year three weeks ago against the Leafs. But, yeah, I, I'm excited when I, you know, like last year I was like, the, th- the prospect of watching the Habs seem like a drudgery, you know, like, oh, like I just, okay, I guess I'll put on the game, you know, but this season is different. I actually, I'm like, I'm in, I'm looking forward to games with anticipation, you know, and even if they do lose, uh, I'm having fun watching them. And you know how hard it is for me to have fun. So I'm just going to say this right now, Martin Saint-Louis should be coached. No, well, I mean, if you're to pick the coach of the year after nine games, which I know they don't, 
Martin is my guy. Um, so I haven't talked about football at all yet. Uh, I haven't really even... So the, I think the last episode I did was three weeks ago. It was on October 11th. Because I don't think it was... the Mark Shapiro's press conference was on October 12th. Well, Blue Jays uh, president. And I don't think I've done this podcast since then. So I feel like it's kind of old news to talk about the Blue Jays now. Everyone's kind of forgotten about baseball, even though the World Series is going on. And I have been watching playoff baseball quite religiously when I can, when I'm home. But, I mean, this World Series, What I'm sorry, but I know Arizona's a great Cinderella story. Um, and everyone wants to see, uh, you know, every Jays fan especially every Jays fan who hates Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, but especially Ross Atkins, uh, wants to see Moreno, uh, Gabriel Moreno, uh, play, do well, um, and kind of, you know, wants Arizona to win because like it would have been so much more of an interesting world series. If Philly had beat Arizona, which they probably should have done. I didn't see game seven of that, of that series, but I kind of amazing that Texas and Arizona, both those teams went on the road and won game six and game seven. Like that, you know, it's not easy to do. So, I mean, good for them to get to the World Series, but nobody gives a shit about this World Series, okay? The TV ratings are in the toilet. I kind of, it was that like the year where like, uh, was it 05 when it was like the White Sox and the Rockies? That, I think, was like the most who-gives-a-shit world... Yeah, but the White Sox won for the first time forever, right? But that was the most who-gives-a-shit World Series maybe of my lifetime. Well, this year, I think it might be a close second. The ratings are bad. I, you know, I have a show tonight, um, so I'm not going to be watching because uh, I'm going to be out. But uh, I do like to see, just like the Stanley Cup, right? Like, I always want to see the championship get one because right now Texas is up 3-1. to one. They can win the World Series tonight in Arizona. Arizona is in a 3-1 deficit. They need to win three games in a row now to come back to win the World Series. But yeah, nobody really gives a shit about this year's World Series. Uh, yeah, the Shapiro press conference, I mean, it was three weeks ago. What's the point of me? You know, I just, I'm kind of amazed watching him. Like, I can he is... Uh, He's a very gifted communicator, but like he he talks in this he's got this like kind of smarmy smirk that's always on his face as he talks. And to me, just it kind of comes across as sort of condescending, or he's kind of like, I know better. Like, well, you see, like he I don't know if anybody else like, but because I feel like after the press conference, the Toronto media contingent was kind of all like uh satiated they just kind of oh yeah you know i guess i guess everything you know the fire's been put out now i mean there's still a, a lot of fan angst for sure but uh you know i look that my cfl team the red blacks and my uh baseball team the blue jays are both uh against fan uproar hanging on to their uh coaching staff or well, in Ottawa, the coaching staff and the GM are staying. And uh, after going eight and twenty-eight the last two years, but hey, whatever, you know. And, and uh, you know, everybody's coming back next year, or so it seems with Toronto. Well, I'm not sure about hitting coaches, but uh, 
You know, and look, I mean, you can't just go by mob rule because, well, you know, if the fans clamor for it, then you have to give it to them. But uh, kind of makes me happy that I don't have to uh, care or give a shit or pay any sort of attention to the Ottawa Red Blacks until next June. So that's good because, uh, yeah, that was that was painful. I uh, The last Red Blacks game I watched, it was uh, three like the October 9th game when they were playing here. And it was a shitty, miserable day. Uh, you know, but like it, it, it was just a grave. You know, they were just getting fucking annihilated. I was watching the game on on the on the web, and uh, yeah, that was a game where they they were down twenty nine nothing with three minutes left, and decided to kick a field goal. When you're down twenty nine nothing, and you're five minutes left in the game, why are you kicking a fucking field? Anyway, yeah, sorry, I'm. Trying to swear less on this podcast. Why am I talking about the Red Blacks? I mean, very Ottawa-specific podcast today. But uh, speaking of football, um, NFL football, uh, my team, the Denver Broncos, much to my chagrin, are starting to win games now. I don't like it because they're not good enough to make the playoffs. They're just, you know, they're going to like, you know fumble their way towards like eight and nine or something like that in a mid-level draft pick uh, instead of, you know, I, I wasn't expecting them to get the first overall pick, but they're now three and five after winning the last two games in a row. They beat Green Bay in a rather ugly, poorly played game, 19-17. And then uh, Kansas City had their annual shit game. Kansas City has like one or two games a year where they look like the worst team in football. And it just happened to be, I guess every team kind of does. Like that's why like going undefeated is so impressive, I guess, right? Because even the great teams, right? You think back to when I was a kid, these great teams that were like 12 and 4, 13 and 3. Like, who beat them? And then you'll see like the one game where they lost 37 3. Like, it just, it's going to happen, right? Any given Sunday. That's why like suicide pools are so difficult. I'm still alive in mine, by the way. There's only seven of us left. Uh, yeah. Not sure who I'm going to take this week. Uh, haven't really figured it out yet. But uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they. Uh, Look, the Kansas City, I don't know if Denver was that good or Kansas City was that inept, but that's the worst I've seen the Chiefs play. They 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 look like a fuck they look like the Red Blacks basically. They well they have five turnovers, I don't know. So uh I think Denver is they they have a bye this week and then they go to Buffalo and to play in Buffalo. Uh I don't think that's going to go well probably, although I I I don't know. Buffalo again, though. That, like, you know, I talked about Buffalo way back in week one. Uh, they're, again, very enigmatic team. You know, I think they're five and three, but they, they, they're winning games ugly as well. They haven't really looked like the, the Super Bowl. Fi- I mean, with the exception of the game against Miami, where they laid a curb stomping on them. Uh, but, like, that's the thing. And, and that's what the NFL wants, right? You know, a, a league that any given Sunday, I think I just said that two minutes ago, but. The parody is probably at an all-time high, which makes because, like, right now, who, like, who's the dom? Every team seems to be flawed. I mean, every team is flawed, right? But like, because I mean, up until three weeks ago, San Francisco, after week five, when, when San Francisco uh, just annihilated Dallas in Dallas, well, forget the score of that game, but they just totally flattened them. You know, and they were, and that put them five and zero, oh. and they were basically people were anointing them the Super Bowl champions basically after week five, and now they've lost three in a row since then, 
and uh, all of a sudden don't look like an unstoppable ju- unstoppable juggernaut. Uh, Detroit, which is you know a team on the up and you know the the up and coming, the everybody's sexy pick in the NFC. I mean, they got just again. Would they went into Baltimore and lost like was thirty eight to seven or something like that? Uh, I guess that was just one bad game, but I I don't know. I like right now. I I don't know. I think I'd have to go with Philly of the NFC. You still have to be, like they're. The, I think they're the team to beat really when you. Depending upon what happens with San Francisco, uh, and they're well, I, I don't know. See, like Brock Purdy, I'm still not sold. Like you know, he's I think he's more of a game manager than a than a future superstar waiting. But the guy never lost, and you know, like I think his these last three, their first three losses of his career in the regular season. So people just always oh, a winner. It's like yeah, but is he actually good? Uh, I don't know, but you know, again, AFC, Cincinnati. Maybe they're going to do the same thing that they did last year, where they have a really bad start and then just go on a roll. I mean, are they? I, they might. Because I mean, Kansas City, Miami, uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, kind of the perennial. Well, I mean, Miami's not this year. They, but like Miami's new at the top of the, you know, at the big table, if you want to call it that, but. Like if you were like, you know, and I know this is only week nine, but like if you were like pick the Super Bowl today, right now, I I don't know, Miami and Philly, I think they play actually this weekend, right? So it could be a Super Bowl preview. I'm sure a lot of people are saying that. But uh, hey, because like the thing, the Broncos to go back is that, you know, Russell Wilson is still... Right, look, they won two games in a row, but like, man, the guy's like throwing for a hundred yards a game. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not really sure how they're winning, but they are. The defense is playing better. I mean, since the 70 point debacle against Miami, they're certainly playing a lot better. Now, against Green Bay, you can say, well, that's not a good team. Against Kansas City, well, that's no, not the case. You're going up against Kansas City, you know, the Chiefs, the gold standard. But they, I, yeah, I don't know if that game is really representative of how Denver's come. Like, if they're actually that good. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Nor do I really care that much. I just like watching the games. Uh, well, look at that. I've gone on for 37 minutes now talking about sports. And uh, it's good to be uh, back. I'll try to keep doing this every week. And uh, the actual regular podcast with guests... I will get it going again. I just am really having a hard time organizing my life right now or just even getting people to come over here for an hour at a time to podcast because uh, I've just got other things, whatever going on. But yes, the podcast will be back. I, I've got all this equipment. Boy, I love I love podcasting. It's just something the world needs is more and more and more podcasts. But thanks very much for listening uh, on TikTok. I'm Trevor W. Thompson. Uh, all my TikToks are in French, but hey, what if you understand French? Or even if you don't, you want to just listen to how I speak French. Uh, at Trevor Thompson 75 on Instagram. Uh, check me out on socials. Please follow me or something. Follow me, please. No. Uh, thanks again for listening. This has been Mattingly Sideburns, a Trevor's Pad, the podcast sports, sports cast. Uh, go Habs, go. Yeah. Before the end of the night Cause you love, you love, you love Get the time
Come on, come on.